This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So we'll start off with the Mishnah. It's a Mishnah Pirkeavos. I think um, has a lot to do with her. Who are you, Aimeh? Rebbe Lezim and said the following. So we all were here. By the way, she was here. She was here at Tishabov, a whole Tishabov. Um, she was fasting and she she went to every single market shear and said thank you. I don't know how many people after every shear got up. She got up. Every single shear, Adi Kalazan told me today, she said thank you to every single shear. A woman her age and in her health to fast the Holy Kippur was unheard of. I don't know if you remember, but two weeks ago, I like to look at the recording, but two weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week, she wrote a poem that I wasn't happy with, even though I didn't tell it to her. It was all about death. And I think it was last week, Tata. And it wasn't her, wasn't her style whatsoever. And I don't know, she said something that something was bothering her, whatever it was. She wrote that severe poem. But her poems um, we're going to, we're definitely going to publish. She she wanted this book while she was alive. I promised her that uh, she'd have a book signing by Avina Malkenu, which is a good lesson to me that you don't wait on things. You just, you know, you get them done as soon as you can. You can't take, a, you can't take for granted anything. We're like, she was so happy that we're going to have this book out by Avina Malkenu. We should have had it out two years ago. That's the truth. Um, her poems are amazing. And um, not just to remember her as the, as the Ornava poet, which I don't think will ever be replaced, but I don't know in all the years of my life that I met someone who did this kind of tshuva. Um, you know, you have Bali Chuvas and you have Bali Chuvas, but Nancy was a very intelligent woman. And when she sort of fell into our novel, because she, she sort of fell into our novel, she didn't come to become from. She came because she heard there was some rabbi speaking. And she was an atheist, she was agnostic, and she was extremely intelligent. So it wasn't just like she just wasn't, she, you know, and she became Shema Shabbos, Shema Torah Mitzvahs. Um, Pesach, she was one of my friends by the Seder. Kept Pesach, kept Shabbos. Um, I went looking for her apartment because I wanted to light a candle in her apartment. And the building, I was never in her building, which is another thing I felt bad about. There's one mezuzah in the whole building. It's an apartment building. It's all not Jewish. And how did I find her apartment? I saw a big mezuzah. I knew that was Nancy's apartment because I don't think there's any Jews in that apartment building. So she was a very big tzedekist. And maybe um, it's not a praise to call her the poet. Because she's way beyond, the, even though her poetry is amazing, she was way, way beyond the poetry. And um, you think that you can only become a Valchuva when you're young. I always used to tell her that. I said, you, you are the oldest Valchuva I know. So she said, are you calling me old? I'm like, no. <laughs> but she was, I don't know how old she was, but she, she changed her whole life. Her whole life she changed. And so you see that it's not too late. She went to Shemayim Kaddish. She died the day after Tishavav. She fasted a whole Tishavav. She, she, she sat through 10 hours of Shiram. And this is a woman who was shaking and, 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 and not feeling well. And she, she went to Shemayim so different than she came into this world. It's, 
It's beyond words. So, if you go to the Vayat tomorrow, you know you're going to Tzedekah start. A real Tzedekah. I have no Shiloh and Shemayim. Wow. She's going to help our novel a lot. Going to be a Melech for us. So, um, you know, in every, in every tragedy, and every pain, there's something good. The mice, you don't know how you're going to leave this world. She left this world at Tzedekah start. The last day was Tishabab. She died the next day. The last day was Tishabab. And she spent the whole day fasting and learning and complimenting. Okay. Anyway, so we go to a lot of Shurim. We hear a lot of Torah. Probably, I was, I was telling Rabbi Yulay Mansur by the way tonight, I think there's more learning on Tishabab than there is on Shurim. Everyone's learning on Tishabab. And we go to a lot of Shurim. Rabbi Walton Shurim, Rabbi Yulay Mansur Shurim. Torah anytime, Torah link, Torah this. Girls are working, they're listening to, to, to Torah tapes, they're, they're, they're jogging and exercising, they're listening to Torah tapes. We, we learn a lot. We know a lot. But the Mishnah of the Gehoros, Peri Gimel, Mishnah says is the following. Huayaymer, her husband, as I said, Kol Shikot Masay Meruben Memaisah. Anyone who, what's up here, is more than what's here. In other words, you know everything, you learn everything, a lesson a day, Amashin Hara, you know everything about, you know, Hakar's um, Ako. You have a lot of knowledge. You went to seminary, you went to high school, you know Mishwe, you, you know a lot. Except your thought process, your knowledge, is more than your action. You know a lot, you know what to do, but you're not doing it. What is that person compared to? Le'ilan to a tree. Shanafah Merubim that has a lot of leaves and a lot of branches. So it looks like you're from girl and you know a lot. You can get into a good terrific discussion. You look good. You leaves and branches. You look good. But your roots, your roots, Muratim are very little. So what the mission is saying that a person's roots, what's going to help you when the HR comes to you and tells you to do bad things, what's going to help you? Your knowledge? What you learn? No. No. Your deeds. Your deeds is what's going to help you. Because your knowledge, you're going to rationalize. Yeah, no, you know, but they say the more you know about Hukka Shabbos, the more you probably Makala Shabbos. Because, you know, they had their. If I do it this way, and I use my hand, so they don't know about you. You know how to do it, right? And sometimes you have the knowledge, so you're like, you don't want to hit Taylor. You know, all the ways around it. You don't have the knowledge, and you're like, listen, this is what the book, the book says. And eight, eight, oh, this is black, and this is white. And that's it. I can't do anything. Else. But what happens if you have knowledge, but you don't do my stuff, so your brain can rationalize, you know, can rationalize to do anything. I just had this a girl, I just had a discussion with a girl. Whatever, she's going to a seminary and, 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 and she has her skirt, she wears her skirt to her, they ask her to have her skirt to her knees. So she went to the, she went to the interview and they didn't accept her. So she was very upset. She called me up very, very upset and didn't accept her. So she asked them what, what, what happened and they said that when you sat down, your skirt was above your knees. When she stood up, her skirt was at her, below her knees. When she sat down, her skirt was above her knees. So she said, I don't understand. You have to wear your skirt to your knees. But 
When you're walking, now we have to sit down. She says, but Halacha is, it's a, she started giving me whole drasha. She knew a lot. But if she didn't know anything, it was like, your, your story has to be below your knee. When you sit down, you know, you don't know all the, ah, I didn't know what's the right thing. Where do you learn it from? Say, so you that, that. You don't know all that better, and you're going to sit there with your skirt below your knee. But when you know a lot, you know how to figure out how to get around a lot. So the mission is saying, the roots that are going to help you when the wind comes, when the trouble comes, is your mice. Because if you, if you don't talk Lush and you don't talk Lush and you don't listen to Lush and you know what happens? Automatically, when someone starts talking Lush and you walk out. You, you don't do a thought process. You don't think about it. It becomes habit. It becomes part of you. So the mission says, what's going to happen? So you know everything, but you don't do anything. A wind comes, and the wind's going to pull this you, the tree, out by its roots. It's going to flip you on your head. Now, everybody asks on this mission, what does that mean? It should say, a wind comes, and it blows the tree out of the ground. You don't flip trees on their face. It doesn't even make sense for washing. But it says here, the wind's going to come on fata alpano. It's going to turn you over on your face. We're talking about a tree, right? We're going to answer it soon. Why? How do you know this? Shnemat says, that the Pasuk says that it would be like an isolated tree in a desert, in an arid land. And it shall not, it will not see good. And it will, it will live in thirst. In the midbar, the land that is full of salt and sand, and you can't dwell there. So that's a person who's busy, but not Maisha. Tell you two stories I heard about Maisha, not Maisha. He was a philosopher, and he was, he was teaching his, um, he was teaching his students and they were walking at night and he was showing them the little dipper, the big dipper and the different stars and the moon and that's Venus and then he fell into a hole. So one of the students of philosophy, philosophy said, the greatest philosophy of all is to watch people walking. The big philosophy is talking about space and stars. Meanwhile, you just fell into a hole. Don't be so busy with the chasma be busy with the Maisha. Look where you're going. There's a very cute story about, I don't know if I ever said it here, about this guy who had a horse. And he loved his horse very much. A very beautiful horse. So he built a barn. And then he built a fence around the barn. He was still worried that his horse was going to get out. So he put in the, an ad to find a person who's going to watch the horse. A shiner. So this guy answers it. It's $10 an hour. Gets the job. The next morning after the first night, the, um, the owner of the horse comes to the watchman and he says, what were you thinking about a whole night? You're sitting there a whole night. What are you thinking about? Well, you're thinking that you take a nail and you're knocking into a piece of wood, you have a hole, right? A hole, you pull the nail into a hole. Where did the wood go? How do you have a hole? Did it get dispersed to the sides of the hole? Or did you push the wood to the end of the hole? Physics. The owner of the horse is like, wow. I mean, I can't just pay this guy $10 an hour. He's brilliant. Getting $12 an hour. Okay, next, the next night, next morning, pulls over the shiner, the watchman says, so what were you thinking about last night? 
He says, last night, I was thinking about a bagel. When you eat the bagel, where's the hole go? <laughs> so now, it could be that the ear of the bagel goes into your stomach. It could be that the ear of the bagel goes into the world. Or it could be that it's not really a hole. Because a hole is when you have something solid and you make a hole through it. A bagel, you take the bread and you put it around. So you didn't really punch a hole. So maybe the Freya was never a hole. So maybe you question. The, the owner of the horse is like, what did I hire him? The, the, the guy's in Einstein. 20 bucks an hour. Okay, next day, sitting on the fence, the owner comes over and he says, I'm just, I'm all excited about the whole night. I gotta hear, what were you thinking about last night? Goes, you know, the nail and the bagel, compared to what I was thinking about last night, it's nothing. So what were you thinking about? He says, I try to figure out like this. If you have a horse, and you build a barn, and then you build a fence, and then you hire a watchman, how did the horse disappear? So the owner says, what? He runs into the barn, the horse is gone. He says, are you crazy? When did you realize the horse was gone? He says, I don't know, two o'clock, I didn't hear anything, I went to look. He was gone. So you know what happened? He said, no, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out how he got out. He says, you idiot! We lost six hours! Who knows where the horse is? The thing you're trying to figure out, how the horse got out? The horse got out! Figure out where you can find the horse! So the marshal is given, you got people a whole year. So who created Hashem? Why does Hashem create the world? How do you know? Are you sure? Maybe it's not real. And they end up, Right? Try to figure out how the horse got out. Meanwhile, they're not chasing the horse. They're not doing anything. I know people like that. They don't do anything with their life. They just sit and think. <laughs> think and think. And maybe I should have been in it. And then we have the people that live in this world. It's a very big world. I'm, I don't think any of you live in it. But it's a huge world. I think it's bigger than Earth. Anyone know what that world is called? It's bigger than Earth. It's called the world of it. Huge! If I did this, and if I would have done that, and if my mother was a kangaroo, I'd be hopping, and if this, and if that, if I would have done this, and a whole day long, all they're thinking about is if, but I did it. Meanwhile, they're sitting and doing nothing. Transmission, when Kachmasai, when your whole life is just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, but there's no maestro, then when the wind comes, when the Yitzhahara comes, it's going to... Turn you over on your head. Now, why did they turn you over on your head? So, it happens to me that I was in the mountains once when um, there was a tornado. I saw a tornado. And it ripped the trees out. It ripped a lot of things out. It ripped the trees out. And I remember after the tornado, we went out in the woods and we saw that the, 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 the trees were ripped out of the ground and their roots were out and they, 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 they figured they were going to die. The next year, I went to camp and these same trees were laying there and they had leaves on them. The same thing from a year before, and they had leaves on them. And I couldn't understand how could they have leaves on them. Then I saw that the roots, what did the roots do? Because it was laying down, the roots went into the ground. The tree set the roots into the ground. So even though the tree wasn't standing up, it was laying down, it was getting its nutrients, it was getting its unique up from the ground. So it didn't die. It didn't die. 
I'm sure you've seen them in, in the mountains. You've seen a lot of people, they're laying down, they're alive. So the mission is saying, but a person who doesn't do any mice, it's all up here, and they don't act, they don't act on it, right? The whole about one, if you take the tree, that tree, instead of laying down, you turn it over. At the top of the tree is in the ground, and the roots are up in the air. Then the roots have no way to get to the ground to get unique up. That tree will die. So the mission is saying, didn't just rip out the tree. You're not, you're not, if you don't do mice and all you're doing is thinking about it all day and learning, but you don't do any actuality, not only is it going to rip you out, but it's going to rip you out in such a way that you will not have any more unique from the Torah. You're going to go totally off the dirt. But he goes on, but what about the other way? What about when a person whose actions are more than their chachma, what does that person compare? No, it, doesn't know everything, but he's actually just chesed, he helps kids, and she helps kids, and she's done a lot of chesed, she's not the most brilliant person in the world. By the way, I happen to, be, I happen to find that lately most of the kids that come to me that are, that are atheists and don't, don't keep Shabbos are brilliant. They're very smart. But when it comes to this stuff, they're very smart, they're very, very smart people, they do a lot of thinking, but there's no action there, and there's no action that doesn't become part of you. So, but a person is not so smart, doesn't know everything, but he does it. Okay, you have to know a certain amount. If you don't know the Shabbos, you can't keep Shabbos. But he's not into the chokhmah of it, he's into the action of it. Because sometimes by the time you figure it out, it's gone. There are many inventions that, uh, I remember when it, we, we opened up our Nava, and how many people came over to me and said, I had the same idea, Rabbi Walsh. I mom had the same idea. Five years ago, I wanted to open up a place for women. And, and this guy, that guy, everybody had the same idea. Meanwhile, they didn't do it. Because you're thinking, you're going to think, and you're going to think, and then someone else is going to do it. So a person has to do. You have to be a doer. The mission says, what are you compared to? He says something very interesting. He says, the Mahudain of the Elon to a tree. The reason why he's comparing us to trees is because in Kabbalah, the, the, the human being is, is called the, um, a, a tree of the Sada. A, a tree of the Sada. It's called Setapukhim, um, Ganeidim. Right? So we're called a tree. So he's comparing us to a tree. So he says, a person, Yeah, he's not the smartest guy in class. Yeah, he's not the valedictorian. Yeah, nobody's walking around saying, oh, this girl is like, oh, she's unbelievable, she's brilliant. So her, 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 her branches and her, and her leaves are little. You meet her, you're not like blown away. Oh my God, she knows the whole Mishle by heart, right? You're not blown away. But this girl, high lifeline, autistic kids, she does chesed, she goes to nursing homes, just give it up aim. Not stuff that anyone's talking about, right? So she has these roots. Her enough of mu'utim, her branches are small. The sharash of marubim, but her, her roots are huge. All the winds in the world will come. All the winds in the world, not one wind. Before, listen carefully to the mission. Before it says, One wind came and flipped the tree on its head. Now the mission is saying, when, when the person who does a lot, he said, All the winds in the world came against you. The nicest way and blowing on it. It was easy nice and climb It won't move it from its place. A tree that 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 grows next to a river. And it sends its roots into the river. And if its roots are in the river, it's not scared. This tree is not scared when it gets hot. In a, a year of drought, it does not worry. Why? Because even if it doesn't rain, its roots are going into the river. 
So it has its unique, it has its nutrients from the river. And it will never stop to give fruit. Now the first part of this mission doesn't talk about fruits. It doesn't say when a wind's going to come, it's going to blow the tree out and all the fruit's going to go flying. All of a sudden it talks about fruit. This tree, who has roots, who does mycin, who does work, this tree will not only not move, but it'll have pay rice. What is the Mishnah telling us here? And this is something that I speak about a lot. Children don't do what they're told. They do what they see. So when you have parents that, again, I'm not knocking this, but it's very nice at the Shabbos table, and the father's getting up and he's saying, I tell you, it's Klayakar Balaturim, Rashi, Sitsekachamim, and all these Mepharshim. It's very nice. But to guarantee that you're going to have Perez, the child has to see that the father goes to Minyan. That the mother does talk to her mother-in-law and her mother with respect. Because children won't say it, but when you tell your kids, why don't you have respect for me? They're thinking, oh my God, the way you talk about Bobby, and you want me to have respect for you? So they'll never say that to you, but if you're, if they see, so chachmasai is what comes out of your mouth. Like, come on, how could you do this? But they don't do what they're told. They do what they see. My grandfather, Oliver Shalom Wallerstein, lived on the west side of 98th Street. We're talking about they came in the 1940s. They were very poor people. My, my grandparents were not rich, but they were very poor Jews who were coming from and had no jobs and had no homes and they were coming from the Holocaust and they used to sleep on the, on the benches on Broadway. They were derelicts. They used to sleep on Broadway in that whole area. They used to sleep on, on benches. My grandmother and grandfather Oliver Shalom every Shabbos had um, all these poor people in their house. Now, I remember as a grandchild that I could not... Listen to what I'm telling you now. I'm telling you, I remember this as a grandchild, as a little kid. I could not sit in that dining room. It smelled from urine. From their, 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 their pants were soiled. I mean, they were coming from the streets, Right. I could not, I was a kid, I was like, I'm not sitting, I'm going, I ate in the kitchen, I ate in the kitchen. I could not sit in that room. But to my grandparents, it was Rech and Chayach. They had no, and they were yekis. Okay? They were yekis. So, dirt by them was, they were so clean, they were like, so, there's a joke about my grandmother, my father, my father, my mother were married, so they, by the Shevardbuckers, they slept by my grandparents. And my father said he got up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. When he came back, my grandmother already made his bed. The joke that he used to make, like, you know, so, so they were yakis. I could not walk into the living room on Hanukkah because it was already clean for Pesach. Okay? Seriously. So I'm not making a joke. So it's not stop people. I mean, I'm not saying that anyone will be any different. You could not sit there. So th- that was, and Pesach and everything, and they had crazy people there that used to, there was one guy who used to say he's from the FBI. They had neb- all the nebuts of the West Side were by my gran- were my grandparents, and they were not wealthy people. So when I grew up in Muncie, with my father, so one day he was in shul, and this man came over to him, and he said that he met a poor man from the East Side. Um, his name was Mr. Goldstein, Oliver Shalom, and um, he doesn't have any place, whatever it is. To make a long story short, 
So that my father said he would bring him home for Shabbos. So he picked up this Goldstein uh, on the east side from a tenement. There were no windows. There was no heat. This old man. And he brought this old man to my house. Also could not. Wow. And he came every Shabbos for years. He told my mother he's going to take him for one Shabbos. This man sat at my table. I watched this. And my father was also very extremely clean. But I'll, I'll go further. So my mother... You know, women have a sense. My mother, when, when we would take him to shul, she would clean up his room, and she always found that on his bed and in his suitcase, he had the New York Times stock market, those papers. And she was like, I don't think he's a poor man. Like, why would a poor man in a tenement be reading? You know, so she kept telling my father, I don't think we're helping this guy. I don't think he's poor. I think he's very rich. But my father would not hear of it. And Goldstein came every Shabbos. My father went for Muncie, picked him up, and, and, and brought him to our house. When he died, it was all over the New York Times that this Jewish man died in a tenement, and they found $8 million worth of stock certificates in his, in his apartment. And he had one son who had nothing to do with him. Of course, he got it. We didn't get it. He got it. Um, so my mother said to my father... You see, I was right. It was in the paper with his picture. And my father said, you were wrong. Because he was sick. He, he lived without electricity. He was sick in his mind. He was sick. He thought he was poor. So if he was sick and he, would, he wouldn't eat, he would not eat because no matter how much money he had. So my father's whole psychology was because of what he saw. So now... So now... Who's this? No, it's some guys. So I don't want really to speak about this publicly because my brother wouldn't want to do that. But there was a person in Flatbush that used to walk around, and I don't know if you ever saw him, in plastic bags. Very, very poor man. You know where he stayed? He also didn't look clean. He was a street guy. You know where he stayed? My brother's house. My brother made a whole apartment for him. So, no, he had nothing. He died. No, he had nothing. No, he had nothing. He had nothing. No, he had nothing. He, he was not normal. He had nothing. So, grandfather, father, brother. What, what does that mean? Those roots. Doesn't matter. He was a flatbush on the west side. You may wake up and I guess my grandparents and everything. Whatever. Those roots of what you see, your parents do, becomes part of you. And nothing will shake that even if you don't have money, those other people will take you to poor people. My brother doesn't have any. He built an apartment for this guy. I could not. I was scared to stand next to him. And he lived by my brother. He came at 2 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock at night. My brother would come downstairs, make him food. So my brother's a talent, don't get me wrong. But he's short by my father, who's short by his parents. What the mission is saying, right? So to get up and tell your kids, Shadava is good, Keshet is good, but you don't do it, but we're not going to do it like, sorry, I can't come right now, I'm eating lunch. So your kids are not going to, not going to come to the door either. And that's what the mission is saying. Oh, so Perry, if you want the fruits of your labor, you want your children to, to have those deep roots, and you have to, there has to be maestro. You have to do it. If you want your daughter to go visit sick people, then you have to visit sick people. 
they have, they have this whole thing with this chesed thing and all this other stuff. We tell our kids, you need to go chesed, you need to go visit people. And the mother, herself, never goes to visit anyone. So the kid in her head is thinking, my mother doesn't go to visit anyone. Why do I have to go visit anyone? So what should the kid, she's going to do it. But guess what, when she's an adult and she doesn't have to do it, she's not visiting anyone anymore. You have to lead by example. And that's what, that's what this mission is all about. And if you don't, then all the chachmah that you have, chesed, lashanah, all this stuff, if you're not going to have the mindset, there's not going to be any parry, free, and in the end, you're not going to be able to hold on to it either. So, I think it's a very important mission because, Baruch Hashem, we're all, everyone in this room, including myself, we go to the shiurim, and we learn, and we learn, and we learn. You know, I talk about the cell phone all the time, and I remember many years ago when I first started with Facebook and social network and, 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 and cell phones and texting and I remember this room was full. It was before, you know, probably any time you could sit at home and watch the shit. If you wanted to watch the shit, you had to come here. So in those days this room was full because you couldn't get the shit anywhere else. And I gave this shit and I was rocking. I was rocking the house. And I got finished and I took out a, a plastic garbage bag. It was right over here. And the girls were like, wow, it wasn't, we, never, we never heard it that way. We never thought of it that way. We didn't realize how dangerous it is. And I'm like, okay, before anybody leaves, I don't know if you remember that night, that Wednesday night, I said, before anybody leaves, I have this garbage bag, put your phone in it, and next week, I'll give it back to you. Try to live a week without a phone. There were 600 women in this room. Not one. I got one phone. This girl came up, and she, she, gave, she gave me the phone, and I said, wow. So you really learned something, because I have to tell you the truth about walking. I have another one. <laughs> so that's, that's, what, that's what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says, yeah, great shit, great story, unbelievable, wow, that was right next door. Wow, Bima Vata, it's going to be tonight. Bima Vata, Chafetz Chaim, Watershare, unbelievable, great. And then, you come to the first yield sign, you're screaming at all the cars. Right after you walked out of the ship. So, it's a, just I want to say this because we did do a lot of learning, and it's good that we did do a lot of learning, and we know a lot. But you got to take the chakma and you got to turn it into maestra. Nancy did that. Nancy changed her whole life. She took all of my shiurim and she used it and she changed her life. She didn't walk out of here smarter. She changed her life. I remember the first time she walked in here and she said, Rabbi Wallerstein, she didn't, well, she didn't call me Rabbi Wallace, she called me my Rebbe. Because my Rebbe, she always called me my Rebbe. My Rebbe, she said, my Rebbe I just had my, my kitchen kosher. I remember she was sitting here, she was flying. I just got, I just got mezuzahs. She took every shear and she changed her life. There was one time she came over to me and she said, I, I, I'm having, I, I had such a bad week. I'm like, what happened, Nancy? Like, yesterday, I got angry at this person. We gave a whole class about and, and for a second, I hated this person. I can't believe it. I'm like, wow, you take it more seriously than I do. She took the learning, and she made it into her life. And all the winds, she had a lot of winds, a lot of winds blowing against her. She went to Shemayim. I mean, she's still here, but but she went to Shemayim and the Tzadikistan. Okay. It hurts. It's a big void. We, we lost our voice. We lost our heart. It's a lot more than a poet. A lot more than a poet. All right. By the way, the lesson to be learned is she sat here last week. Last Wednesday night, she was here. And she was here Sunday. Okay, she was sitting here last week. 
and she was waiting for her accessorize last week. And she's not here anymore. We don't live forever. We don't live forever. This empty seat next to me is the biggest lesson to me because she had been begging me for that book for the longest time. And I'm like, okay, we're doing it. And I walked out of the EV and I said, I'm, I'm having my book signed at the volcano. You're going to have your book signed on me. She said, wow, wow. I'm so excited. I waited a couple of months too long. You can't push things off. All right. The other subject... Maybe I'll wait for next week for it. Um, yeah, I'm going to say one more thing. And next week we'll talk about um, something that I spoke about in Boston last night. And that is when wrong is right and right is wrong. And that sometimes, maybe I will speak about it tonight. We'll see how fast I can tell you this story. So this week's part is part of the Eschana. No, we'll talk about it next week. This week's part is part of the Eschana. So, we're coming off Kishabov. We have a big Shabbos Nachamul. Big Shabbos Nachamul coming up. Everyone's all excited, right? Really, I don't understand Shabbos Nachamul. It's a very big question, right? This week, everyone's going to the mountains, they're going to hotels, every show's making a kiss, and you're supposed to. You're supposed to. And kiddies, and concerts, and what little mind stuff. Did anything change since Tishabov? Basically, millions have destroyed. People with cancer still have cancer. People without children still don't have children. Divorced people are still divorced. Girls who are not getting Shadukim still don't have Shadukim. Panos is still a struggle. Did anything change since Tishabov? No. So what's the Nakamu? What, what are we celebrating? What's the comfort? What's this big Shabbos everybody's running into? How to be this Friday to the of? Tuba of, it says, is the greatest yontif of all the yontifim to Hashem. You don't even know what Tuba of is. You know what Tuba Shvat is, right? What Tuba of? Tuba of was a time when all the girls would go into the field. The boys would be a shit the big shit at the market. Seriously. And the rich girls would give their clothing to the poor girls. And their makeup sets. And their hairdos, so that when the boys would meet the girls, they would not know who is rich and who is poor, and who is with makeup and who is with not makeup. So everybody switched their clothing, so everybody was equal. So to Hashem, the greatest yontiv is not Yom Kippur or Sukkot or Shavuos or Pesach, because that's something that's between us and Him. Tuba Av is between us and ourselves in Allah Chaveiro, and especially when it comes to a shit up. Very hard for a girl to fight in. How do you say fight in in English? To sacrifice her looks. Because the guy, if she's poor, just in rags, and I'm rich, and I'm just as beautiful as Chloe with my makeup and my hair, he's going to look at me. But if I give her what I have, he's going to look at her. When it comes to and women are not giving that up. You know what I mean? It's very nice to discuss it. That's what Kesset is. I mean, she's not wearing my dress. I mean, you want to walk and buy your dress? I'll buy your dress. They used to go out and they used to switch their clothing. And Hashem said that that is the greatest yantav. The greatest yantav is when a person is willing to do that for somebody else, not in Yom Kippur. You used to do it also on Yom, on Yom Kippur. What? I don't hear you. How come we don't do it anymore? Because the dating, dating works very differently today. Yep, yep. 
You have to have a resume. We didn't have resumes. Right. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't be a bad idea. But you think everybody would switch their clothing? Yeah, some would for sure. Okay. Um, it's not such a bad idea. It's not such a bad idea. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, you have to know how, how long the person's going to, you know, support. So she has to wear some kind of sign. Ten years support. Just wear a ten years support head, headband, five years support headband. Not just what you're wearing. Right. Right. Well, that was the whole thing. And then we say that, no. That does, that's, does, that's not what counts. You know what? They find out later on what really counts. What really counts, my father-in-law used to always say it, was, is, is the person's midos. Because at the end of the day, and, and this really next, I'm going to talk about it next week's share, the end of the day, a marriage works not because someone's pretty or someone's rich. A marriage works because someone has midos. And if the girl and the boy don't have midos, it's just not going to work. And I don't want to scare single girls, but the percentage is not good about happy marriages. There are a lot of people that are married, but if you break it down, are they happy? Does he give her the time? Does she give him the time? Do they really love each other? Which I'll, I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you what Nakamu and Nakamu is. I'll tell you what Nakamu So what's the Nakamu? Right? We have a fantastic question. What's the Nakamu? Nothing changed. Single girls are still single. Sick people are still sick. So we're coming to the Shabbos to make a party that what? That we sat on the floor? That what? What a vart. I told it to Eli Mansour tonight. What a vart. So, Nachamu, Nachamu means comfort, comfort. Ami. Whenever, Hashem, whenever we use the word twice, when Hashem shows his love to Avram, says, Avram, Avram, It's a double lusher when you use the, name, the word twice. By Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem said, Moshe, Moshe. That shows chaviva, that shows love. Nachmu, nachmu, in the Avtara this week, comfort, comfort shows love. What's the, what changed? Why, what are we celebrating? Says of Shem Shempinkis, Nachmu, Nachmu, what is the Nechama? Ami, that you're my nation. That after sitting a whole tish above and talking about all the tragedies and everything that happened, you're still Ami? That's the greatest Nechama of all. So I said it last night. So I, I've been doing, I do sometimes, um, Shalom Bayis. And for the last three weeks, I've been dealing with a couple that were ripping each other apart. And I was supposed to try to help it. And no matter what I did, he badmouthed her, she badmouthed him. There was no way... I could not, and they would talk to me for hours, 2 o'clock at night, he would call, she would call me at 1 o'clock at night. It was the War of the Roses, whoever knows what that is. It was Mamish, the War of the Roses. I'm driving up to the mountains with my wife, Esty. Whoever knows my wife, Esty, is she doesn't play games. She doesn't, uh, there's no games. Straight. I'm driving. She's trying to get some of my time. Meanwhile, this guy's on the phone, yabbering the whole way up, right? And she's just listening, and you can the steam started, I saw it, the steam started coming out of her ears, and I keep answering, no, you should name, and name, all of a sudden, she's sitting in the passenger side, she says, excuse me, can I say something, to the guy, she goes, yeah, 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 Redson. she goes, 
Let's cut away all the garbage. I'm sitting there like, oh my God. You know? She's not a therapist. She's not a coach. Oh, and my wife says it the way it is. I'm like, oh, you're going to blow like two weeks of work. You're going to blow it. That's you're going to blow it right out the door. Can I ask you one thing? Yes. Let's cut all the garbage. Do you love your wife or not? Excuse me? Well, I, I, I do love her, but you know, no but in the conversation to kind of hang up. Sit, no but. <laughs> hung up. My wife told me to hang up, I hang up. We're driving up to 17, 10 minutes later, ding ding ding. It's her. She goes, pick it up. I pick it up. She's like, and I don't want and then and then I'm like, he didn't really mean that. And my wife's like, she does it again. She goes, excuse me, can I say something? Yeah. Let's cut all the garbage. You love him or not? Well, of course I love him. Okay, hang on. Finished. She doesn't let me talk to them anymore. They are tonight, tonight, wherever she is, he flew there. They are on a honeymoon. They are back together. I'm talking and talking for two weeks. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? You love each other? She said, you love each other? Work it out. Stop with all your nonsense. Work it out. That was it. That was her whole therapy session with them. I'm speaking for two weeks. She speaks for eight minutes. And they call back. And she's right. And I have to go, we have to go out. And we have to start dating again like it used to be. And I'm sitting there like, okay. I could have actually had a life for two weeks. So I would have done that. So why am I telling you that? Because the Misa, that's what the Nechemta is. The Nechemta is that we sat on the floor, we lost this, and we lost this, and we don't understand the Holocaust, and we don't understand the Spanish Inquisition, and we don't understand this, and we're having a hard time. And the bottom line is, do you love Hashem? You sat a whole day and fasted, you listened to Shiurim, right? If you didn't love Hashem, you would have been out there in the pool swimming. So at the end of the day, all you question God, why, what, where, all the stuff that we're wasting all our time, my wife is saying, cut it all away. Do you love Hashem? If you love Hashem, stop with your nonsense. Do you love us? Of course Hashem loves us. So the Nachamu, Nachamu, the greatest Nachamu is Ami. Now through all this, we're still Hashem's nation. We're his only nation. He doesn't love anyone else. And he's our only God. What does he have to say about the Jews? We don't believe in Yashra. And we don't, live in that little, we don't believe in that little fat Buddha. And we don't bow, we don't bow down to cows. You know, we don't do Hinduism. And we, we may have questions or whatever we have, but we have Hashem Echadosh Morachad. There's one God. There is only one God. So at the end of the day, the greatest Mechadosh, Comfort after Tishabov is that we're Ami. That is the greatest Mechama of all. And it's sort of a honeymoon because the three weeks, the three bad weeks, so there are three bad Hafteris of pain, but there's Shiva Hafteris of Nechama. The next seven weeks, the Hafteira talks about the Nechama, the comfort, Nechama, the comfort of, um, of what's it called? The comfort of Klaishol and Hashem. And what is that? The Sheva Seven weeks. The Sheva So that's what we're celebrating. 
It's, it's interesting that this Shabbos is called, you know, it's called Shabbos Nachamud. Shabbat of the Nechama. It's the Shabbos of Nechama. That's what it's called. Shabbat of the Nechama. So Nechama will be the Shabbos with all the big tzaddikim. No question that sorry menu. And I was just thinking about this because um, I am struggling. There's nothing to talk about. She was extremely, more than anyone in this room understands, extremely part of my life and extremely close to me. And, I, and, and there's no question that I'm struggling. But in my heart, I know that they got a lot of things in Ganeiden. They got a lot of people in Ganeiden, and there are four rooms it brings down. There's four rooms in Ganeiden. We once learned about it, and one room is Sara, Rifka, Rochel, and Leah sit in that room. And actually, it's the room of Bali Tshuva. That's what it says. That room is the room of Bali Tshuva, and only Bali Tshuva are allowed in that room. I guarantee you, they don't have a poet. They definitely don't have a poet in that room. So I have no question that now they do. And she'll sit in there, and she will entertain them and she's going to be smiling and she's going to be happy and she won't be struggling to get out of her seat and she'll be able to walk and she'll be healthy and Shemayim she's going to have everything and I have to and I'll end with this there was never a week in the last seven years that this Tzadikistan did not utter sitting next to me the words ain't old Mavado she never stood up without saying the words, Ain O Mavadal, there is no one but Hashem. So if you think, and I think this is the greatest physic that anyone in the world can have, that a woman who walked in here seven years ago, who did not believe in God, who believed in science, and did not believe that there was a God in this world, the last words that I heard from her mouth last Wednesday night, when she got up from her poem, was Ain O Mavado, there's nothing else but God. She went from a place that there is no God to a place there's nothing else but God. How have I on all of us that we should reach that level? I would very much be honored tomorrow, whoever's watching this, whoever's here, it would be a huge honor for her Neshama. There's no Shiva. Nobody's sitting for her shiva, and we can't halakhically sit for her shiva. So there's no shiva. So this is our only chance. At 11 o'clock tomorrow, we need to give our novice heart and our novice soul and our novice words. Nancy Nechama, Basavram, her last covered by being at this Leviah. We'll be all be to have a honeymoon with our Kaddish Baruch because we know we love him, and he knows he loves us. And to see her back with that smile, the chayim, the You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.